0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new edition of the NH Experience here on the Believe Podcast Network and all streaming platforms. We have a great show this week for you. Can't wait to get into it. I definitely want to introduce my next guest. She is a PR genius, a digital marketing strategist. She has worked with some big names such as JLo, lo French Montana, all the way down to G Perico, to a lot of up and coming artists, Asia, who is a young lady from Compton that's on the rise, and so many countless others. All the ins and outs that she has to go through as a woman in media, especially a woman of color in media. So I definitely want to get into her journey, her story, how she got started. So sit back, kick your feet up, have a drink, and enjoy. Here we go with the one and only Sasha Pisterman. She's a multicultural publicist and branding strategist. She has over 10 years of experience in the game. Uh, She deals with the entertainment side, the corporate side, lifestyle, whatever it is. She can definitely handle it. No task is too great. Uh, She's also worked on national campaigns with companies like Live Nation, PepsiCo, Warner Brothers Music Group, Universal Music Group, uh, the Nixon Peabody LLP and so forth. I could go on and on, but I'm I'm, going to let her tell her side of the story uh, she's also has a BA in journalism with the emphasis in public uh, public relations, rather from CSUN, that's Cal State University Northridge out here in Southern California, and she owns SDP Digital. She is the one and only Sasha Pisterman. What's going on? How you doing?
1: Hey, I'm good, Nick. How are you? Uh,
0: I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you. I know we haven't seen each other in in a minute.
2: I know we used to always be at the shows, you know, but after COVID
1: hit, it was it was a wrap for all that.
0: I feel like life hit the reset button once COVID hit. It was like, okay, it's good to be back outside. It's good to see you, of course, as always. Likewise. Um, So talk to me a little bit uh, just about your background growing up for you. What was that like? And at what point did you realize, okay, I want to go into public relations side. I want to be the publicist, the public relations, individual that kind of handles handles the behind the scene work. Uh, but it's still instrumental in in various people's lives and companies' lives as well.
2: Um, so I'm born and raised in uh, out here in Southern California, the Valley and Valencia area. So I grew up, you know, right next to Hollywood and right next to you know the entertainment industry and. Uh, My dad has been in the music business for like 40 plus years. So I really grew up seeing that firsthand. Um, And uh, while I was growing up, he was an executive at uh, several like major labels and then he started his own label. So his influence uh, was, was really big into, and just my overall love for music. I just knew, I I always knew I wanted to work in the music industry. Um, I didn't really discover PR as a career until college. So um, even during like high school, um, at one point I had gone to a high school that was half high school curriculum and half uh, college. So I was taking college classes and I was taking like music business classes and stuff like that. And I thought I was going to major in music business, but my dad was actually the one that was like, "No, don't, don't major in that. Don't limit yourself. Do something more broad, so you know you can have a, a broader, you know, and different types of skills. You can kind of learn the music industry like on the job. So I was gonna major in. Well, I initially majored in business marketing, and I wasn't really feeling the economics and the counting classes, so I was like, yeah, this is not for me. And um, I just kind of had to pause and I was like, okay, what can I do within the music industry that fits to my skills and my knowledge? So I've always been a really great writer. So um, upon doing some research, I discovered PR as a career path. And um, I really loved everything that it was about because it really it combines um, marketing, writing, psychology, like a lot of different factors going to PR. So um, I switched over to the PR side and uh, I finished my four year degree. It was underneath the journalism program. So technically I'm a trained journalist Um, and uh, but a lot of my courses were in PR. So there, I really got a good idea of the amount of writing that was involved. And I think that that's become like a lost art in, on the music side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of how I got into PR. And then I just, while I was in college, I started interning, um, I interned at ASCAP, I interned at, um, at a TV station that no longer exists, it was called Mundos, so it was like a bilingual channel Um, and a couple other internships and then I started grinding like I would just like hit people up and like I would uh, one of my professors had told me like oh you know contact people that you would want to be in their position and see if they'll do like an informational interview so I just started reaching out to people and a couple people talked to me and um, one in particular that I had reached out to she ended up like a couple years after I reached out to her, she just emailed me. She's like, yo, I'm trying to hire somebody. Like, are you available? And that's how I ended up getting my first like actual job after college at BMI.
0: Nice. So you had a lot of experiences, obviously interning and then up until your first job. What are some of those things that you learned while you were interning and then working at your first job at BMI that you feel like helps you even today with your own company?
2: Um, I would say the number one thing is like work ethic and your attitude towards things. Um, I've never been the type of person to uh, be like, oh yeah, that's not really what I do or that's not under my job description. Like you have to have like that figure it out mentality. Mm -hmm. Like do whatever is needed, even if it's not technically under your role. Um, I just always made myself valuable and helpful and tried to figure out like how to make an impact, I guess, wherever I was at, um, you know, and it was, that's kind of something that you can't really teach, you know, it has to kind of be in you to, to act like that. And I, I, that's also something that I feel like is, is lacking um, in a lot of the younger generation. Um, and I think that has to do with social media and kind of like an instant gratification society that we now live in. But I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but then the other part is I'm just a music lover and I pay attention. I pay a lot of attention. I research a lot of stuff. Like growing up, I was always reading album liner notes. Um, I was listening to the radio to like the end of the year countdowns. I had like a tape recorder and like a pen and pad and I would write down the names of the songs. Like I just knew a lot about music Um, I knew a lot. I would sit there and look up like samples of records, like of hip hop records. Um, And then just knowing how to write well, how to speak professionally, how to interact with different people, um, treating everybody with respect. Um, Yeah. I mean, people to this day think that I worked at ASCAP and I never worked there. Like, that's just like the way that I carried myself. And like whenever you know one of the executives there needed help with something i would be like oh yeah what do you need i got you and i would deliver like make sure that you deliver
0: (laughs) exactly exactly when you look at just the overall spectrum of the music business because i was the same way like i used to go buy cds and read who produced what who wrote what like you said sampling who where did you get this sample from so i was i feel you on that i was that's that's the one thing i miss in today's digital age that you don't have the hard copy so I, I I understand that wholeheartedly. When you look at what you've gone through, obviously, you you definitely paid your dues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember meeting you at a concert. Uh, what was that? 2015, I believe 2014, 2015, around there. Yeah. We met. Um, and first of all, I appreciate you looking out for me for those years. I, I'm going to say okay. that publicly. Okay. Um. <laughs> but when you were going through those those ups and downs and, and you know, obviously the the, the the ups and downs of the industry, how did you stay sane? How did you keep your focus on what you want to keep your focus on and not get totally discouraged where you just want to give up and go to do something else?
1: Um,
2: I think Loki having those moments is kind of like a rite of passage in the music business. Like, I, I don't know anyone that hasn't had those moments. Um, but at the end of the day, I think all of us that really pursue a career in this business, it's because we love music and we really love this shit. And so that's what really always kept me going. And just, just like I said, like just being that, having that mentality of like, I'm gonna figure this out um, and just figuring it out. Just yeah. starting, pivoting, you know, with, uh, with the times, you know, as everything has gone more digital, as the media landscape has changed drastically within the last two, three years. Um, Just continuing to like educate myself, figure out what's going on um, and just, yeah, just working. Also like the music keeps me motivated. Finding, like I, I really love finding new artists to work with, I love just when I feel like really passionate about an artist and their music that always like reinvigorates me. Um, yeah, I would say that.
0: Now you being a woman in this industry, obviously it's a male dominant industry. How were you able to maintain your respect and your respect to artists for them to respect you and know that you are about business and that's it just about the business itself?
2: Um, you know, I've never had an issue with being a woman to be honest. Like and I know it's such a, uh, a touchy, you know, subject, but I've always been shown the most respect by every artist I worked with. Um, all of, like, anybody that was a part of their team, it was always like, oh, like, you good, sis? Like, you know, we got you. Like, I never felt uncomfortable. Um, and I think that that lends itself to how I carry myself. Um, I respect myself. I carry myself a certain way. I, I'm very conscious of, especially when I was starting off. I was very conscious of how I would dress, um, and you know, the stuff I would post on social media. Um, I was, you know, I always wanted to be viewed a certain way, um, and not overly, you know, using my femininity to, you know, get a client or get a, you know, whatever. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think if I would give some advice to to young women entering the music industry, it's like, number one, respect yourself, Uh, carry yourself, you know, a certain way to demand that respect. Um, And just, you know, just be classy. Don't, you know, throw everything out there like that.
0: Yeah. When I mentioned Sasha's name, you got weight wait out here in these music streets for sure. I mean, there's a lot of people that speak very well of you, obviously, with the hard work and dedication that you, you, you know, persevered throughout the years, which speaks volumes. And I think any young person, especially young women and even young young men could look at your example and say, hey, you know what? All everything that you've gone through and you still made it now, you're owner of your own company. Talk to me about the artists because you, you work with a lot of artists. I remember, you know, there are several artists that I remember you personally working with, but let everybody know what what, how, what were the artists that you work with and how are you able to get, a, get a, a hold of those artists to be able to work with them and allow and th- them allowing uh, you to take hold of their careers in a way where it's like, hey, this person is kind of responsible for how I look and what what how what moves that I make.
2: Um- Okay, before I answer that, I want to add something to the last question. Yeah, sure. I want to clarify that when I say I was very conscious of the way that I would dress and present myself, I'm not saying that a woman that dresses a certain way deserves to get disrespected at all. But I am saying that you have to be very conscious of how you present or portray yourself um, and demand that respect. So I want to add that in there. Wow. Absolutely. Okay, as far as the artists that I've worked with, um, along the years I have worked with Mustard early on in his career, um, French Montana, Jennifer Lopez, uh, Melanie Fiona, um, RJ, Joe Moses, G Perico, Ruchi. I worked with India Love um, and the list goes on. <laughs> um but i will say you know from some of the the more established uh international artists like a jennifer lopez or a french montana um you know that experience was great especially jennifer lopez she is a beast like she is like she she's a businesswoman she has creative input and business input into everything she knows what's going on and she knows how to turn on the persona, which I think is super important for artists. Like they have to, artists have to know how to separate who they are personally from who they are and who they portray themselves as an artist. And she is like a master at that. Um, but I would say the artists that I've really been a part of their career from the ground up um, and had great success with were RJ and G Perico. Um, with them too, I came on like very early in their careers. And um, like with RJ, I started working with him around the time he dropped Amio Two and Get Rich. So that was really, I, I with him, I was definitely a part of him, um, his whole like career and his brand growing over the years. And, um, you know, he went on to sign a major label deal um, as well as with G I came in when he dropped his second mixtape, Shit Don't Stop. And also with him, um, I was able to kind of build up his brand as an artist. And and with both of them, I would say I crossed them over from uh, being more regional to national. Like we did like New York press runs, um, just started getting like more new york based and more national press coverage for them um and just kind of lifted both of their brands up more um so yeah those those would be some of the highlights
0: oh yeah you definitely did that i mean the work that you put in along with them obviously the artist has to do the work too but the work that you put yeah. in you know you can see you see the remnants of that you see the evidence of that as far as like you said g perico rj um even some of the other artists that you worked with early on you could kind of see yeah. you know what your motto is when you look at today's art especially in la because it seems like la now is really the artists are really coming up they're starting to get their shine they're yeah. starting to really take control of their destiny who are some of the artists out here that kind of catches your eye that you look at and say mm, okay i see their grind and do you always say to yourself okay dang if they did this better then they would be here do you kind of like critique because you know you're coming from that that public you know public relations standpoint
1: yeah
2: um One of the artists who has impressed me a lot, who I actually worked with um, is Drebo. He is an incredible talent and um, he's very strategic in how he moves, which is super important. Um, And he, he was inspired by an interview with Gary Vee and Nipsey Hussle to put out one song a day for this whole year. And he stuck to it and has dropped one song per day and like, they're all good like they're all like quality records um so him for sure um who else do i listen to that um kiwi Briss from long beach is dope desi g he's a dj producer he's super dope um who else a uh, little deuce um he got a record outside that's been going up in la um p1 he's super dope too um yeah, and then I always listen to some of the other ones, like some other staples, like uh, Earl Suave, anything Cypress produces, I fuck with. Uh, Cypress Moreno, um, and yeah.
0: Do you feel like music is starting to get back to its roots as far as the lyricism and, and not just production, but the the marketing of the projects now too?
2: Um, I feel like there is a lot of experimentation and confusion when it comes to marketing projects um i feel like a lot of people are just trying to emulate what they see others doing rather than being creative and you know doing something unique and original Um, i like that uh, a lot of artists have been switching from dropping on fridays like independent artists and in la specifically they've been kind of switching from dropping Uh, on Fridays, you know, along with all the major label releases to uh, like Tuesdays or Wednesdays, I think that's a super smart idea um, because you're not competing with, you know, all the noise of all the Friday releases. Um, I would like to see artists get more creative with their social media rollouts. Um, I would like to see more content. I think also that Artists get caught up in um, feeling like they have to just post about their music instead of showcasing their overall brand lifestyle, who they are. Because at the end of the day, you know, we buy into who an artist is, you know, what they represent. So I would like to see artists tap into that more.
0: Absolutely. I mean, when you look at. You know, I've watched your career continue to develop and, and you really out here, like I said, doing the work and really giving your 100 percent plus to a lot of the artists and your work and what you do. How important is it to maintain relationships, especially I see you, you know, you 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 have a lot of relationship relationships rather with various people. You know, Brian Silas, obviously, DJ Head, Chuck Dizzle, um, some other radio personalities. How are you able to maintain those relationships and how important is that for those that may be listening in or watching
1: um, I mean
2: I'm just a genuine person so if I fuck with you I fuck with you like and it's not because of something you can do for me or you know because I need a favor like I genuinely you know try to support people as much as I can try to show up for them as much as I can I really hate asking you know people to do stuff like you know even when it's work related and I have to um, I I just you know I have genuine friends, you know, in this industry and you know, people fuck with me because I feel like I'm real. <laughs> you know, I don't act a certain way, I don't treat anybody a certain way, I don't act Hollywood towards anybody. Um, I'm just me and and that's it. I like to lead a very low-key life. Um I just, you know, and I like I said I love music. That's really like the basis and the foundation for everything is I just love music. So you know and i can also spot in other people their motives too so i know i attract certain um like more also genuine real people to me so it's really it's not difficult to you know maintain those relationships but maintaining relationships is extremely important um i would say you know to to anybody that aspires to work in the music theater to up and coming artists, um, make sure whether it's online or in person or via email or whatever, just always you know be respectful, be respectful of people's time, um, don't spam people, um, and and work towards building you know those relationships in a genuine way. Like you know, if you see a radio personality, you know, post that they just got the night show at the station that they're at you know congratulate them like it's just as simple as that you know um or like you know i've had artists that reach out to me and i may not know who they are but there's a certain way that they reach out to me that makes me actually pay attention versus like oh hey check out my song and leave a comment like no i'm not gonna do that but if you approach me like hey i've been following your work i know what you do you know i'd appreciate it you know this the song i just dropped and you know i'd appreciate your feedback okay i'll give you my time because i like your approach
0: no that makes total sense i think a lot of people i think that should be a class in itself how to approach people in the right way
1: yeah for sure
0: when you look at the hustle and bustle of this industry What makes you still love it? The music. (laughs) Okay, that's fair.
1: The music,
2: yeah, and um, I I will say, you know, obviously due to COVID, we haven't been out and you know going Mm -hmm. to as much. But I've also, you know, kind of fell back from from being out as much. Um, You know, just going to the things that I I want to be at. I have to be at. I'm excited to to go back to shows, you know, and see live performances, because I feel like, you know, especially with all these new artists, you know, when those shows come back, you got to really prove your stage presence and that you can control the crowd. And, you know, it's not just, you know, putting the record out on, on iTunes anymore.
0: Oh, no, there's going to be five, 10, 15, 20,000 folks. Yeah. You, yeah, you better be ready after all this time for sure. Talk to me about SDP Digital now. How did you come up with that concept? What is what is the vision of this company, and where do you want to take it to as it continues to move forward?
2: So I started it in 2017, and it was just time for me to establish myself on my own and you know build my own agency. And um, the vision was to at first it was to work with artists and continue to doing uh, to do PR and branding for them and kind of continue to build up, you know, more artists as I had been doing. Artists, you know, when those shows come back, you got to really prove your stage presence and that you can control the crowd and, you know. It's not just, you know, putting the record out on, on iTunes anymore.
0: Oh no, there's going to be five, 10, 15, 20,000 folks. Yeah. You Yeah. You better be ready after all this time for sure. Talk to me about SDP digital. Now, how did you come up with that concept? What is, what is the vision of this company and where do you want to take it to as it continues to move forward?
2: So I started it in 2017. And it was just time for me to establish myself on my own and you know, build my own agency. And um, the vision was to, at first it was to work with artists and continue to, doing, uh, to do PR and branding for them and kind of continue to build up you know, more artists as I had been doing. And then um, I would say last year and this year, you know, after COVID it it kind of made me reevaluate things. And so I've kind of, I've transitioned into more so a multicultural publicity and branding agency that works with, you know, different entertainment entities, um, corporate festivals, touring, uh, tech, so, but everything based kind of in targeting multicultural audiences and authentic campaigns rooted in culture. I think that's something that's missing at a lot of companies. Um, You know, as we know, especially last year after everything that went down um, all of these companies, you know, now have these DEI, you know, initiatives, but a lot of it is just like very performative and you still have a lot of majority white executives and especially in their marketing departments and a lot of these agencies are they have a big lack of diversity you know and they don't really understand how to reach the young millennial and gen z multicultural audiences and i think that a mistake that a lot of marketing professionals make is that they try to categorize um audiences by race or ethnicity versus like like subcultures so you know when it comes to hip-hop there's all different types of you know people of different ethnic and racial backgrounds that listen to hip-hop and kind of grew up influenced by that you know and it does stem from black culture but you have latinos black asian middle eastern you know you name it so I think that's something that uh, a lot of marketing professionals miss the mark on. So uh, I feel like that's what I've been doing my whole career, and I know how to target these audiences. I, you know, I have the relationships on the music and entertainment side, so I can really bridge that gap for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's. I think a lot of people are culturally clueless, and I think companies like yours and others that can find their way in could really restructure if they want it uh, to be able to do that. Because I agree. I, I looked at just even from a, not just the entertainment side, but from the sports side. I mean, a lot of these yeah. organizations were putting out these PSAs and I'm like, okay, that's how you feel. Okay. Let's let's put it to the test. So how about we have more diversity when it comes to media
1: mm-hmm.
2: and media
0: coverage? How about we start there? Yeah. And then they look at me like, Oh,
2: and and that's that's another problem is that, you know, you you go to one of these big PR agencies and, you know, it's it's been something that people have been talking about for a minute. Like you have a, uh, a Latino or a black actor or singer, you know, et cetera, and they go to, you know, a big agency and their publicist is now white and they, you know, turn down the, the interview requests from ethnic media and it's like why would you do that and it's because they don't understand the value they don't see the value in it and you know that's a huge red flag
0: no it's huge i remember a story uh probably a few months back uh these two black journalists were on the red carpet you know sometimes they like to stick us near the end of the carpet the, mm-hmm. the black folks brown folks who you know anybody that's not caucasian primarily and holly berry walks by now she had a white publicist to my understanding she they oh. call hey holly 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 they the white publicist like ignores them yeah. holly comes back and says no I gotta go talk to my people and she literally comes back and gives him like a 10 or 15 minute interview and I'm like how many people if they just did that just give you five minutes you know because one thing i will say and you know this sasha as well everybody starts from ground zero in our business and we work our way up yeah so you can't get the breakthrough move if you don't get access to somebody like a holly berry or a denzel or an ice cube or you know be real from cypress hill or somebody of that magnitude where you're like oh eyeballs are going to follow this because you asked these questions to them yeah um and that's why I think people are just culturally clueless. If I, I, I gave a lot of props to Holly Berry for that because I was like, you know what? She could have easily just walked inside and said, hey, I'm running late and just skipped out. And she didn't do that. So that I had a new profile respect. Would you say that it's not only up to media to proclaim, hey, we want economic inclusion and we want more diversity, but it's also up to the the, the entertainer and the athlete as far as being on that same page since they majority have the power to. Designate who they want to talk to and not.
1: Um,
2: yes, I think that. In their defense, though, I feel like like with the Holly Berry example, she was able to correct that because she saw it with her own eyes. But think about how many emails came into her publicist that she didn't see that the publicist turned down. So on the one hand, it's like, you know, I think a lot of times the entertainers or the athletes, they may not know that's happening and they trust, you know, the PR agency or whoever that they paid to, you know, make the right decisions for them. But yeah, I think that they, um, they should, you know, make it a point to whenever they're vetting, you know, whoever they're about to hire to, to tell them like, Hey, we're not turning down, you know? black media latino media um you know etc
0: now speaking of which, media you've been involved with some pretty major projects as of late i saw you with the lovers and friends concert that's now a two-day affair It went from a one-day affair to a two-day affair i saw you with what I, I consider probably one of the biggest concerts of the year and once upon a time in la shout out to bobby d presents um how are you a part of that and how did you connect with those festivals specifically to be able to have your impact on those as well
2: so i was brought in by um a creative agency they're called Ni pastel and uh shout out to the homie chris carrera and he's also amazing he's uh he's been in, in music for a few years he put a, he gave a platform to a lot of la artists too so shout out to him um but yeah, they brought me on to handle media and influencer outreach, so that's how that happens.
0: That's awesome. Those are you couldn't you couldn't ask for two better concerts. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm excited about those.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, you should be. I mean, it's 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 a major thing, and like you said earlier, just being back outside and being able to attend, you know, concerts something we have been we have been able to do in about a year and change. Yeah. When you you talked about earlier, I know you Cypress Moreno, obviously Rosecrans, Vic, mm-hmm. the whole crew. What is it like working with them? What is your relationship with them? And how are you all how are you all able to kind of have a meeting of the minds and still be able to be successful and push the movement forward?
1: Um, I work
2: pretty closely with Cypress. Um, so with him, you know, he's somebody who's also he's been in the game i um, like, I think as long as I have, like, probably like damn near 10 years, he started like with Young California and he, I call him the young goat because he has put on so many artists out here, like it's crazy. And he has, he just, he's one of those people who isn't afraid to uh, work with somebody or, or co-sign somebody before they're hot and everybody else fucks with them. So I consider him and also Vic like tastemakers. Um, I definitely, I pay attention, you know, to who they're talking about, who they're listening to. Um, And yeah, I think we all have, you know a great respect for each other. Um, And I would include like Salas and Head and you know, everybody in that group as well. And um, yeah, I think we all kind of help each other in our own capacities so that we can all kind of elevate Los Angeles and elevate our artists to, you know, bigger and better things.
0: Yeah. Iron sharpens iron for sure. I mean, we witness it all the time. So it's great that you guys came together and really continue to elevate the culture and push the culture forward. All right. So I'm gonna put you in the hot seat a little bit, ask you a couple rapid fire questions, whatever comes to mind. First, feel free to run it off. Uh, So you prefer heat or cold? Heat. Fruit Loops or Frosted Flakes?
1: Frosted Flakes.
0: Light or dark liquor?
1: <laughs> uh, it
2: used to be dark. Uh, now probably light.
0: Okay, so I mean, it sounds like you kind of do both, or you just you switch. Yeah, light.
2: yeah, I do more tequila now.
0: Okay, all right, fair enough. What what what's your favorite brand?
2: Uh, I really like Casamigos
1: right now
0: okay yeah i you know what's funny i just tried that a couple weeks back and i was actually thoroughly impressed by it
1: yeah good
0: i was thoroughly impressed um wine or beer wine if you were on an island by yourself and you only could take three albums with you what would those albums be and why
2: jay-z reasonable doubt i could listen to that one like very often front to back. Um, I'd have to throw in some Erica Badu. Probably Badu is, um, I'm a huge Erica Badu fan. And the third one, I gotta go with Nas just because he's my favorite. Um, it's a tough one. I would probably go with It Was Written.
0: Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean he's 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 got some classics for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Nas has got some classic with King's disease too. Oh my god. Jesus.
1: Yes, and i repeat for the past few days.
0: Shout out, shout out to him and Hit Boy. My goodness, yeah,
1: they make a really great combination.
0: It's like almost like a Dre Snoop type of deal.
2: Yeah. I'm really glad that they linked up. So
0: yeah, that They're
2: was amazing. Talk about his beat selection and you know. And this is like the perfect blend of like modern, but it's still like authentic to him.
0: Oh yeah, that my, my track I'm bumping now is that Duff Row East track because it has a '96 feel yeah. to it with a with a 2021 twist.
2: Yeah, I like that one. And then of course the one with Lauren Hill.
0: God, Lauren just kills it, doesn't she? Yeah. Like she just like she never fell off. Yeah. I mean, M killed it on his verse with EPMD, too. I mean, yeah, I, I'm loving it. I, I, love I,
2: loved, I loved to see Blast on there. That, that was a, made me so happy.
1: I'm so happy and proud of Blast. Like, for real.
0: The Blast, I, I I got a hold of Blast. I think DJ Head was saying something about him. And I was like, okay, let me check out this. Because usually when Head says something, I try to check it out because I know he's tapped in. And I'm like, this kid is incredible. Like, where the hell has he been?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and then him and Bino uh, Rindo with their album that they got out together. I'm like, my God. Yeah. Between him and Roddy Rich, who's, I think Roddy Rich is in the, in the stratosphere. He's not even, he's not even here anymore. That, <laughs> that boy is so good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's great to see everybody from out here doing
2: really
0: well. All right. Two final questions. Lakers or Clippers? Lakers. Dodgers or Angels? Dodgers. All right. There you go. All right. Well, you know what, Sasha? I know you're a very busy woman. I just want to say thank you. Uh, I appreciate you. I have uh, really appreciated you from afar, Uh, not just because you looked out for me, but just I appreciate you just as a human being and as a person. Uh, And I I sincerely mean that. And, um, you know, just watching you elevate and watching you grow is really great to see. And I hope a lot of people are taking note. uh to what they are saying because you know listen you can learn a lot uh from her journey i hope everybody learned a lot from what she's saying and continue to learn from you uh because listen it's it's valuable teaching and just because it's not in four walls doesn't mean you can't be educated
1: thank you so much i
0: appreciate that all right y'all that was sasha pistolman what a good friend of mine great to have her on hope you enjoyed her journey and learn of some things from her. I told you all she was well connected, so of course, you're gonna definitely bring people on here, it's definitely about their business. But last but not least, I want to bring on another special guest. She has definitely been influential in various communities, She has a heart for people. Uh, she has definitely been right. If you've seen her, if you've been around the pump brothers, David and Dana, if you've definitely seen this young lady here. Her name is Leah Pump, she's definitely the, the founder of the Lady Like Foundation, which specializes for young girls. And making sure that you rise the esteem of young girls and young women across the nation. And I definitely had an opportunity at a recent event to speak with her and talk to her not only about her event, but what she has going moving forward and how she got herself involved in all these great activities in the community. Take a listen. (laughs) So I'm here with Leah Pump, who is the organizer of this extravagant event here in Beverly Hills. So what does it mean to bring all of these lovely ladies out supporting women and making sure that the kids get supported as well?
3: It means everything, especially in times like these. You know, with COVID, everything was shut down. Our girls were shut down. Distance learning. They couldn't see their friends. They couldn't do anything. So to have an in-person event where they feel safe and they're vaccinated, they have negative COVID tests, that's the only way that they can come, and they did it to come today that means everything to me so we're so excited to have an in person event this year
0: absolutely so what do you want people to walk away from this event when they leave this event today and what do you want them to do moving forward to continue to continue to carry on this legacy
3: I want them to feel inspired empowered to help the younger generation women empower women and so I want them to leave here today helping someone else having another woman come up along the way, like bring someone behind you, right? Set the example, inspire somebody, educate somebody, um, give someone the tools to be successful. If that means money, do that. If that means experiences, do that. If it means giving them a job, do that. Whatever it takes, it means tutor them, do that. If it just means giving them a hug, do that. That's what we need, that's what they need to to make it in days like these.
0: Now you have quite the all-star lineup coming here today. Talk a little bit about that lineup and how, do you, how were you able to bring that lineup to fruition and showcase them to the world.
3: Let me tell you something, it is all about the Lord, I promise you, um, and relationships. My husband says it's all about relationships. So Nichelle Turner is going to be our host from Entertainment Tonight. We're so excited about that. We have um, Marseille Martin from Blackish. She's a producer, she's the actor, she's everything. We have her today, we're honoring her today. And we have Anita Castile from the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, who we're honoring today, who does so much work in the community, in the world. So we brought them here today. You know, people were a little scared because of COVID, but they weren't, so we're so excited that they came out today.
0: Well, you and your husband have done outstanding work in the community. You guys have always been a, 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 made a point to make sure that you bring worthy causes to the forefront. So I just want to say congratulations to you. Thank you for all that you do, and congratulations on the, on the new arrival.
3: Oh, the twins, yes. Yeah, so, Boy, that's I had to compartmentalize. I couldn't think about that, right? As long as she's taking care of that, I can take care of this. So yeah, we're excited about that. But today is all about the girls, all about the girls. So thank you so much for being here. <laughs>
0: All right, and that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the NH Experience. I'd like to thank, again, my guest, Sasha Pisterman from SDP Digital, as well as Leah Pump. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to us at the Believe Podcast Network, as well as all streaming platforms. as iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, everything where you can get it, all for free 99 Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm the one and only Nick Hamilton. For my man, engineer extraordinaire, producer, Jake Warner. See y'all next week. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Believe.